You are now listening to the Fanville Hockey Podcast, your one-stop source for everything NHL. Follow along as the Fanville crew talk about the biggest highlights and stories from the past week in the NHL. It's now time to drop the puck with your host, Tyler Brooks. Hello and welcome to the 55th episode of the Fanville Hockey Podcast. We're off and running on this post-third round episode. Uh, I'm your host, Evan Johnson. I'm joined by our co-host, Drew Dolke. How are we doing today? Pretty good. It's uh, it's going to be nice, just kind of one-on-one talk, back and forth. Keep things simple, keep things light, and just like playoff hockey. Yeah, one-on-one, classic defensive move. You know, which way are you going, outside or to the inside? Because the defenseman is always trying to push you outside. Where are you going, Drew? What's your go-to move? My go-to move, honestly, is just to kind of pull up and wait for someone else to come in. Oh, Drew's looking for the two-on-two or maybe the two-on-one. Or if he has fast teammates, a three-on-one. Mm-hmm. You never know. Sometimes, I don't, so it's usually just the one-on-two. Out there. Yeah, we have some grinders. We, ha- we, yeah. we have a lot of grinders. <laughs> so, like we mentioned, the third round is now done. It finished up last night where Tampa Bay eliminated the Rangers in Game 6. So, we do have a Stanley Cup final set. It is the Colorado Avalanche, who have only lost two games in the in the final, or in the way to the finals. And then Tampa, who's had a little bit tougher road, but these two teams have both swept at least once. Tampa sweeping Florida in round two, and then Colorado sweeping Nashville and Edmonton in one and three. So, technically, they have a sweep around. You know, one, two, and three, if you look at both teams together. Uh, early prediction, who do you think is going to win before we get into it later? I think it's going to be Colorado in six. Colorado in six. I can't, I, I feel like I can't go against Tampa Bay. I understand that. I, but I it's like one of those that. things where I think both offenses are the same. I think defense, Tampa's I think Tampa has a better defensive core as a six-man group. But I think Kale McCarr is better than all of them. <laughs> it's true. Very and true. then I think goaltending is a landslide. Oh, God. But I think Vasilevsky is way better than Darcy Kipper. And Darcy Kipper has been having the eye problem. Well, I mean, the thing, too, is Vasilevsky's proven in the playoffs, too. Like, he's he's your goaltender. He and he's never bail you lost, out. really. <laughs> he's right. only lost a couple. Well, jumping into the NHL news, the some of the awards have been given out during some of the intermissions of the previous games in the the conference finals. L.A. Kings Ford, Anze Kobertar, he won the Masterton Award. That's the Leadership Award. So he has taken that one. Boston's forward Patrice Bergeron has won the Selkie Trophy, which is given to the best defensive forward is basically how that has kind of gone. Patrice has won this five times down. That's a record. So I wouldn't be surprised if later down the line it was called the Bergeron. Award yeah. since he's the I one mean, who's won sense. it so much. And then on top of that, this might have been his last year with Boston. That's that's a really big if for a lot of people. Does he re-sign with Boston or does he move somewhere else? Personally, I think he re-signs with Boston. I, would I think he would that. have to because he's the captain. Yeah. Almost. But then also, you know, sometimes captains walk you know, away. Yeah, you know, walk. I mean, I just mean like what, like Pacioretty, Petrangelo? Yeah. They've done it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Eichel. Like, yeah, well, that was a little different. But, granted, yeah. all of them are now on <laughs> Vegas, too. Yeah, yeah, they're all in the Vegas Golden Knights. But, you know, still, captain's walking away isn't unheard of. Well, that means if he's going to go somewhere, is he going to Vegas? No. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if he did, but Vegas can't make that work. Yeah, there's no way. Not they unless they give only, up someone. They'd only have, like, uh, <laughs> three lines. Yeah. God. 
All right, moving on with the awards. Montreal goaltender Carey Price, he won the Masterton Trophy, which is a trophy given to, like, perseverance and kind of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that these players have gone through. So Price only played, like, three or four games, like, in the end, and he won one of them. But it's not really given for on ice. It's given for off ice. And after the Stanley Cup loss, Price went and did some personal things, and he, you know, took him basically a year almost to get all the way back. So the NHL has awarded him for his perseverance, so he has won the Masterton Trophy. Uh, Calgary head coach Daryl Sutter, he won the Jack Adams Award. That is the award that goes to the the best you know head coach. I think that one's deserved. Yeah, so Daryl Sutter, first full year with the Calgary Flames, he wins that award and takes him to the second round. Speaking of coaches, uh, Montreal, they technically officially hired Martin St. Louis, uh, as their head coach, he was kind of an interim thing before he signs a three-year deal to be with them. Do you think Marty goes the three, or do you think he will get fired or you know get relieved or he walks away within the three? See, this is this is a weird situation because while St. Louis was a fantastic player, being a fantastic player doesn't always translate to being a good coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you might you know, see the game and know exactly what everyone's supposed to do. But coaching someone to do that is it's a different, different story. It's really a toss-up. I don't know if he will or not. It's just one of these things we're going to have to wait and see. I think it's an odd situation in the fact that, because I'm looking at it a little bit differently than, than you are, Montreal was in the finals, and then it was like a fall from grace, and now they're... That was not a fall, that was a plummet. Yeah, now they're in last. So basically they went from Stanley Cup final, which you can still consider to be a COVID final, which is kind of you know quirky, to a point where it's like this is a team rebuilding now when they never really built up in the first... You know what I mean? Yeah. So I find it weird. He signed a three-year deal, and most teams take around three to four years to have that turnaround on a rebuild. So I'm not sure if they only signed him to bring the team back up to give him NHL experience as a coach. Like, would they keep him if they go deep, or would you rather, say, pick up you know, somebody else down the line that might be available? I would almost say pick up somebody else because they've you know they're trying true coach. and they've been through this shit yeah. before. I think Honestly, I think this is a deal just to get marty st louis some nhl experience and it seems like he's really good with the younger players that being like suzuki and caulfield like they they're gonna thrive yeah yeah him. once he took you know over the 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 lead role there they you know they their, turned their it on store they stores their stats you know were really good and most of that was because you could see marty st louis is a really good like one-on-one guy Mm-hmm. Like on the bench, like obviously he does a ton of stuff behind the scenes, but on the bench, you can tell he's a really good one on one guy. Mm-hmm. Another coaching uh, surprise that happened was Boston fired head coach Bruce Cassidy. Now, when they had their end of the season meetings, uh, Neely told Cassidy and the rest of the the coaching group and all that 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 all their jobs are safe. And then two weeks later, he fires Cassidy. Now, Bruce Cassidy's been the coach for Boston for a pretty long time. As far as I can remember. Yeah. And honestly, if I was someone that was looking for a coach like Philadelphia, half the league almost, like Philadelphia, Detroit, and all that, I'd be calling Bruce Cassidy up because that is a, 
you know, he's a it's pretty, a winning coach. Yeah, he's a winning coach. And on top of that, Cassidy said that wherever he goes, he'd like Bergeron on his team. I think so that might be a thing where like someone like Detroit, who needs maybe like one or two more players to kind of be. If you can snack Bergeron yeah, for if Detroit, you can, if you can pick up Cassidy and Bergeron. And on top of that, there's more. Pasternak came out and said that he did not like the move by Cam Neely of firing Cassidy and that he might not even want to play for the Bruins if Cassidy's not there. So Cassidy, if you somehow hire Cassidy, which I think would have a pick of the litter because I think all the teams would be interested in him. All teams that need a head coach are definitely yeah, going to be Yeah, they might also him. be, in once they pick up that that head coach, uh, Cassidy, they might be in the market all of a sudden for Pasternak and Bergeron. In which case, you get two really great players and a good coach. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that Detroit team, if Detroit picks up Cassidy and they get Pasternak and Bergeron, how fucking scary that would be. And on top of that, Marshan's out six months, six to nine months with a, he had surgery. Mm-hmm. What is Marshan thinking now? Because, you know, if. Those are two his, of his buddies. Yeah, those are his buddies. So would Marshan stick around? If that's the case. Let's say this happens where Bergeron and Pasternak leaves, and we'll just say for this instance or this situation, Marshan stays. What are you thinking for as a Boston Bruins? Like you're, you went from a pretty good team to making a cup final in 19 to you know still making playoffs but not making a deep run at it to just a complete rebuild in like three months. Honestly, if I'm a Bruins fan, I'm, I'm disappointed because you had that chance to, to close the cup. It was a game seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I know the Blues played great in that game. You know, if you're a Boston Bruins fan, you're like, we were this close. Yeah. And two and years now, later, three, I guess. Now we're back re- trying to rebuild for something. If anything, you lost if, you're all a di- your key pieces. if you're a diehard Bruins fan, you better hope your farm system has some something hidden in there. Because Charlie McAvoy isn't going to be able to carry that Bruins team. I'll tell so. you what. The problem, it's not a problem, but... The like Detroit's going through it right now. Years of dominance equal Heart years crash. of failure. So like, like Colorado, for example, was so good, and then you know after they won that last Stanley Cup, Wait, well, that was there, was, like, there was, was it was like oh one or oh two. That was I think it was two. Then like two years after that, it was just they were horrible last in the league, and they're just now getting back to being you know a threat again. I mean, they've been a threat, I'd say, for probably about two, three years. Well, this but by far gone. has been the most yeah, the Colorado team we've seen in a while. Same thing with Detroit. Detroit was so good for so many years, and then they've fallen off, and now they're starting to go back on that rise. Same thing with New Jersey. New Jersey was really good. They fall off. Tampa Bay in four or five years is going to be probably the worst team in the league mm-hmm. because everyone's, you know, all that. And then on top of that, think about the Bruins. They've lost Chara. They've lost Krejci. They've lost Tuka Rask. If they lose Pasternak and Bergeron and Bruce Cassidy and possibly Marchand because he doesn't want to be there for a rebuild. That's over half the team gone. That's literally half your team, and that's your whole entire leadership group. I'd say that's your core players. Mm -hmm. All gone within two years. Which, wow. I mean, And the head coach. It's just, honestly, you hate to see it. Like, as as someone who isn't a Bruins fan, I you know, hate to see when teams go through that because mm-hmm. it becomes such a struggle. Well, it's a mess. And it's all of a sudden. It's terrible. It it always is. And it's it's one of those things where you almost wish that your team was kind of somewhere in that 
almost always kind of mediocre where they get to the playoffs, but you at least still have a good team mm-hmm. all the way through. Well, how we were, how we just talked about like years of dominance, you know, to keep those years of dominance. Like I'll use Tampa Bay as an example because it's right in front of our it's face. It's happening right now. Every single year at the trade deadline, they go not all in, but I'll say like seven tenths of the way all in. I would and almost they, say eighth. And they they pick up like someone that is maybe not like a surprising name, but they're kind of like a showstopper. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Paul. So like, yeah. So like, this year is Nick Paul and Brendan Hagel. Last year it was like Coleman, mm-hmm. and uh, the year before I think it was Barkley Goudreau. Yeah, and it's like you see what I'm saying. Like they're not named that you that they're, they're that not most hockey people players. know. Like if you're not that into it, like if, mm-hmm. if you know the whole entire league, you know everybody. But they're not they're not big face guys that you see on posters and billboards. Yeah, like it, like if you look at Twitter and you see, oh, Tampa Vegas picked up, you know. Blake Coleman, they're like, who's Blake Coleman? But then he's on your third line and he scores big goals to get him to the Stanley Cup final. I'll be I'll be honest, because you said Brandon Hagel. I feel like Hagel hasn't really been around too much for Tampa. The, he but. has not been on the score sheet, I will say, but he is kind of like the poor man's Bergeron as he strips pucks away real mm-hmm. easy and he's pretty fast and he yeah. starts a lot of because like, I when I when I heard the that you know they picked up Hagel in a trade. He's I was also like, young still. I was I was like, oh wow, Hagel Hagel's probably gonna get like you know probably a couple points per series is what I was thinking. Yeah. But he just hasn't. I'm like, oh yeah, Brandon Hagel is on the Lightning. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nick Paul really hasn't done much, but in Game Seven against the Leafs, he scored both goals. Yeah. And it's like, wow, what a great mm-hmm. acquisition because they won two. Yeah, you, because <laughs> you paid up that player, you won a series. Yeah. All right. I mean, we got off the rails right there. But anyway, Arizona, uh, they were proposing a 30-year non-relocation agreement as part of their new arena project that has still to be you know, decided because Tempe, uh, a city in Arizona, their city council has voted yes to continue talks with the team. So right now what so we just have— just talks. Yeah, what we have is just basically com- like continued communication— between the Arizona Coyotes and the city governor board of Tempe, Arizona, are continuing to talk about building a a stadium and like there's like it's a whole thing. It's like hotels and shops and mm-hmm. it, it's a restaurants. whole, it's like, a whole thing. new district. Yeah, and then on top of that, they're trying to get the NHL into where basically where they're saying if we build this, you can't relocate us for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a big... That's a huge thing. Yeah, that's a big thing, I assume, for Gary Bettman to lock somebody in for 30 years. Because, like, no one's, I would assume, locked in a place. Mm-hmm. I would think all the original six are probably pretty safe. Yeah. Maybe the expansion see... six are pretty safe. But, like, all the other teams, I think, are possible. I mean, you never know. But it kind of goes off of attendance and how much... Well, because the other thing, too, isn't Tempe a smaller city than than both Glendale and... Where they were before. Well, Glendale, they technically weren't in Glendale. It was more like a suburb. The problem was the ring that they just came from, Gila River Arena, it was in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just like how Ottawa is. Ottawa's yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And like they have hard times keeping attendance up because people don't want to drive blank amount of hour or An hour miles, or I mean. an hour and a half. Yeah, to go to, to, go to a game. game. And then you have to drive back you know, after the game. Yeah, like three hours travel, nobody so wants to do that. being in a city... Or 
closer to a city, I think would, you know, do them justice. But obviously, you know, cities are already pretty stacked up. And if there is free ground mm-hmm. to buy or, you know, to purchase, to, to that's a pretty good price tag on it. And the Arizona Coyotes don't really have the money to buy it, <laughs> you know, because right. they're already in debt to the, the other building that they built. Uh, we talked about Montreal earlier hiring Marty St. Louis as their head coach. They also hired women's hockey superstar Marie Philip Poulin as a development consultant. So she. This is a good move. Yeah, Team Canada for the women's side. This is a really good move. Yeah, she's a really good player. Now she's going to be in the, you know, developing uh, players, which good move for two reasons. I'm glad that their, you know, women are starting to creep into some higher roles in the NHL and also bringing in uh, a younger voice like Marty St. Louis uh, to help some of these, some of these guys. Cause even if you know, you're a veteran, like say Jeff Petrie, right. you know, he's been around for a while. You're still going to listen to someone like Marty St. Louis cause he has his number raised and you know, he's in the hall of fame and stuff like that. He's one same thing he's with, there. with pool in like she's not done playing yet, but I'm, I'm assuming she'll go into the Canadian uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. Whenever she's done for all the how many gold medals done. has she won? I've too many to count. Right, <laughs> but it's like you know, this having people like that on, mm-hmm. you know, your your team, like meaning like the whole operation, like team, is a is a good thing to have. Yeah, it's it's one of the things I ended up learning, you know, as I grew older. Is front offices basically make your team. Yeah. And because of that, if you don't have a good front office, your team's screwed no matter how many people you get. Yeah. What well, also depends on everyone has to be on the same page, mm-hmm. and you all have to know what you're going for. Right. Now, obviously, like the head coach makes all the decisions on the ice and before the game, you know. But, like, if I was a front office, and this is kind of hard to do because, like, coaches get flipped so easy. You kind of want to have a team that mimics the style of that coach. Mm -hmm. So, for example, like in St. Louis, they have Craig Berube. When he played, he was, you know, an enforcer type of guy. So when the Blues pick up people, they go for more of the the grittier guys. Like, for example, when they picked up Buchnevich. He'll go out there and hit anybody, you know, but he can also put up 20, 30 goals in a season. And he gives you that second-line scoring that you need. Yeah, it fits Brube's play style. Just he's better than what Brube was when he was a player, like offensively-wise. Which I don't think is a bad thing, but like speaking of the Blues, I feel like the Blues almost kind of went a little too far with the grindy aspect and didn't have enough. I don't want to say you didn't have enough skill because they are a very skilled team. I think they have... In the regular season, they had the, the deepest team. They had they, seven. They had the deepest. They had seven or eight 20 goal scorers. However, That's but like it's your like, whole entire forward core. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but it seemed like they struggled. We don't have a, don't have a superstar. Yeah, they don't have a superstar. They don't have a, like, I mean, Tarasenko's there, but a lot of people, I don't think, classify Tarasenko as a superstar in the way they classify J- no. Jack Eichel. Or No, I think he would be an all-star. Like he, He's mm-hmm. good enough to make the all-star game. Yeah. But I don't think he's like the captain of the All Star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that wasn't. He, he's not a Patrick Kane. He's not a Sidney Crosby or Ovechkin. No. He's not a polarizing player. But he he may he makes a big enough difference. But I think that's the thing is like, 
they didn't have, at least in the playoffs whenever I was watching, they didn't have someone they could rely on consistently. Like, okay, we're going to put them out there and they're going to get goals. Which I think is what screwed them in the end. They couldn't They couldn't score when they needed yeah, it. Yeah, David Perron was the, the only guy. Yeah, David Perron was your only guy. Just like Minnesota, only guy that was scoring was Kaprizov. And not, Pittsburgh not to, only had Gensel. Not to dog on them, but, yeah. like, you know, guys can't carry teams by themselves. Yeah. Like, I don't care how well, good of a, a shooter you are, you got to be able to, to play the whole game. Yeah, well, you know, we talked about, you know, people that could carry teams. We might have someone that could carry a team in the future. Uh, participating at this year's combine that is now finished. The NHL had their combine. I'm not really sure how much stake actually goes into the NHL combine, unlike other sports. I don't. I don't think like a lot. MLB does not matter at all. Yeah. Like they really don't care about the combine at all. NFL though, it like if you have like a bad, like vertical, mm-hmm. teams just might not draft you. Yeah, you know, like they, they take it super seriously. I'm not really sure how. Seriously, NHL. I think NHL is probably somewhere in the middle. Takes it, yeah. I don't think we're as nonchalant about nonchalant about it as like the MLB is. Mm-hmm. Like the NBA and the NFL take it super to serious. a whole other level. Like yeah. NFL is a whole different level than I'd say it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB mm-hmm. in that order, from best to most concerned to least concerned. I don't know, but you never know. Maybe someone could go up a couple spots on the draft uh, board. Based on how fast they can run a forty-yard sprint, yeah, or <laughs> you know, you see someone's like, yeah, okay, consistently, how fast is their wrist shot? Yeah. Oh crap, this guy's got like an eighty mile per hour wrist shot on average. Yeah. Might want to look into this guy. Yeah. Uh, I like this move here by Buffalo. They will retire Ryan Miller's number thirty next season. They haven't announced a date or anything like that because you know the schedule's not out. But uh, yeah, Ryan Miller is basically the Buffalo Sabers, other than. Here, I'll ask you this. When you think of the Buffalo Sabres goaltending, who do you think of, Drew? There's two people. There's only two people you can pick. Yeah. And, of course, the one that comes to mind immediately is Ryan Miller. Of course. <laughs> the other one would be Hasek. Yeah. Like, those two are the only two guys that have really, you know, really put Buffalo on their, you know, on their backs. Obviously, Miller, well... Yeah, Miller was not there for any of the good years of Buffalo, but, but he, he kept, kept Buffalo them in relevant. games for so many years. He kept them relevant. For so he years. will, uh, you know, he will be retired there by Buffalo. His number thirty will be in the rafters there. the The Athletic put out a survey on the top home team broadcast. So what that means is the broadcast that you see from the home team's uh, perspective. So we're talking about like color analysis, the commentators, the intermission uh, panel, stuff like that. Who has the best group of TV and radio uh, announcers? And Detroit came in as number one, which I kind of... No surprise to me. Yeah, I do like their production of, not on ice, (laughs) but... uh, how their TV and their radio works. They do have a lot of like very well knowledgeable guys that either. They're also super in the unique in the way that they like call the game too. Yeah. Uh, next up was Vancouver. Vancouver is another one that I think is you know whenever Vancouver's playing somebody, that's the only one that I would turn on would be the Vancouver's uh, broadcast. I'm not a Vancouver guy, so I don't have a whole lot to add to that. Seattle uh, is third on this list i think that is heavily driven by john forsling who is i think the best 
uh, announcer out there. I'm surprised when he left Carolina and went to NBC. I thought he's going to be the the main guy. Well, he was the main guy for NBC, but then obviously they got bought that out. That deal by, got yeah. They went champion. to ESPN. I thought ESPN would be the first person. I think the first person they would call would be John Forsen because I think he's or like Kenny Alberts, which they have, mm-hmm. or uh, like Ray Ferrara, which they also have. Like those, I think are the top three for me of my favorite. Uh, so yeah, him going to Seattle and seeing Seattle third on this list and just their first season is not surprising. Fourth is St. Louis. I think that's heavily driven by Darren Pang. Darren Pang, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if you noticed, but like Bernie Federico too, sometimes gets yeah. in there. Yeah. And I mean, of course, Panger is someone a lot of people know from his appearances in Stanley Cup uh, yep. commentation. The holy jumping. Yep. He he did. Uh, he does a lot of the outdoor games, mm-hmm. and he also used to do work with NBC. So he's already kind of well known. On top of that, this year he joined the ESPN slash TNT. Which I think was a, a good move. Cause yeah. He he brings a lot of personality. Yeah, and he knows which a is, lot of these. Reminds guys me a lot personally. of Doc Emmerich. Yeah. Yes. And fifth on this list, and this is the we're going to do a top five of them, is the Florida Panthers, which I would not have them on the list this high uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, but they had have some they've had some turnover in their you know TV department and all, that, and I do think it's a good production. Five is a little high for me. I would think they'd be like maybe seventh or. Yeah, eight. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, like Tampa Bay isn't yeah, on this list. Say, like, Two of the other ones that I'm thinking are like Pittsburgh and Tampa. Yeah, Pittsburgh is pretty good. I think Minnesota has okay, a has a good, good has some good guys that work there. Uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of Jack Edwards, but I'm just kind of surprised Boston's not in the top ten mm-hmm. <laughs> because of Jack Edwards. Uh, yeah. So I have uh, we have two things here before we jump into milestones that are just kind of things that we wanted to talk about number one coaching carousel and gm front office carousel of just moving parts all over the place it's it's all there's a huge (laughs) amount of teams right now that don't have coaches and on top of that there's a lot of good coaches right now that don't have teams so it'd be interesting to once the stanley cup finals is done and all the teams are active again with with moving things around and money and you know players and stuff to see what happens with some of those, you know, mainly coaches, the GM in front office thing I kind of care less about. I mean, because what, you have like eight coaches with six teams buying? Yeah, but then you still have people like, that's not even counting people like Babcock are still out there, mm-hmm. and uh, Quinville is still out there. Like, those guys still haven't said if they're going to coach again or not. Or if they're done, and, they called yeah. it. So there's some good coaches out there if anybody wants them. It just depends on The thing on, is, on too, is I don't think anyone's there. going to be able to predict where everything ends up landing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the big one out there right now, like Paul Maurice from Winnipeg is still out there. Yeah. And he hasn't said if he wants to coach. Now. That's a good coach. And you, like Obviously, I think the big fish right now that everybody wants is Trotz. Yeah, Barry Trotz. Yeah, but is... I think I think Trotz is gonna have a pick of the litter. I think he's gonna have. I think every team is gonna be interested that doesn't mm-hmm. have a coach right now. And on top of that, I think it takes a certain team for, for him to. I think he needs to fit with the team. He needs to know the guys. It's like, okay, how are they gonna adapt to my more defensive, yeah. kind of grittier, yeah. kind of like defense wins games. On top of that, I have another question. We're bringing it all the way back to the Bruce Cassidy talk again, where Neely told him that. He wasn't going to be fired, and then two weeks later he was fired. 
within those two weeks, a lot of coaches were fired. Uh, in those two weeks, do you think maybe the Bruins are trying to weren't going to fire Cassidy, but then but then someone became available to where they're like, we're gonna go get him now because he fits the team better than maybe. what Cassidy does. Because I know it's one of those things where you see it's like, oh, you know, this coach is loved by fans and loved by you know this and that, and they're a winning coach, but sometimes they're not loved by the players. And I thought this might have been the case. Well, sometimes until the- I heard from. Uh, you know, Pasternak and Bergeron, how they didn't like how Cassie was fired. Mm. So I don't know what's going on with the Bruins front office there and what they're they're trying to, they're to put together. Fashion. But I think I think it's kind of scummy. But if I'm Bruce Cassidy, I feel like I feel like you're probably gonna land somewhere. Oh yeah, for sure. I think I think he has a for sure job. I think there's a lot of guys out there that if they want a job they can get it pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, the thing that was going around social media a couple of days ago after, what was it, it'd be Game 5, I think, of the Rangers-Tampa series, a Rangers fan completely clocks a Tampa Bay fan actually, uh, leaving MSG. I don't think that was actually a Rangers fan. He had a Panarin jersey or a shirt on. It was a completely red shirt, though. Okay. I I never seen... A Rangers shirt that was, like, completely red. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a red T-shirt. I think it said Rangers... Like going down in like the line, like how it on their jersey, but it's just red. Okay, well, clearly I didn't get to, to see that part of it then. But anyway, whoever it was clocked this Tampa Bay fan. Obviously, you cannot do that in public. And later he was arrested. But just kind of a weird thing. It's like obviously you see the videos of fans fighting and mm-hmm. just some you know drunk people you know just shoving kind of fuck you, fuck you. It. And it's a little ridiculous. It's just a game. <laughs> I mean, like to sucker punch someone. Yeah, though? dropped him. And then, and then also on top of this, the my favorite part of the video was obviously the main concern is the person's health. Mm-hmm. You know, but like after knowing he was okay, my favorite part of the video was the commentators or the people taking Whoever the video, was which is now the commentator, was going like, "Oh my god, he's dead. He's dead. He's he, he died. He died." <laughs> Like knowing, like, now knowing that he's good and he's not dead, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that they were just like, "Oh my god, he's dead!" He's. I'd be like, "Shut the fuck up!" And it's like, and I like another thing that people were saying, like in the comments, is like typical New York people. Some dude gets rocked, knocked out <laughs> on the ground. They just continue to walk by. Like two people. No one gives a them. shit. Yeah, two people out of everyone going through the hallway stopped, and well, there was people that wasn't stopped, one of them a Tampa Bay fan too. That was like. No, no, all of them were Rangers fans that were helping him. But then, yeah. but then like, <laughs> there's this old guy in the background. He's like, it was the guy in the red shirt. The guy in the red shirt. Go get him. <laughs> it's like you, you hate to make fun of, of you know, what happened because that shouldn't happen. Well, yeah, they're trying to find out who it is. And like, obviously, there's not security guards every five inches. Right, because so like, that's just sometimes it, Sometimes people have to police, you know, themselves, mm-hmm. which is, you know, harder. Easier said than yeah, done. Easier said than done. Because, like I said, you got them all, they're gooned up on beer and, you know, whatever else they're selling there at, mm-hmm. at MSG. This guy could have been loaded up on hot dogs for all I know. Good old Phil Castle hot dogs, <laughs> you know. Cool. Well, speaking of uh, Phil Castle, he used to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jason Spezza currently plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he is retired from the NHL with n- 995 points. He was five points away from 1,000. Bro, just play a couple games. Uh, it, would he be? I think I think Steve Dangle put it in an E 
Bup, emergency player. Oh, I, I have no clue. <laughs> but uh, he played 1,248 games and through 19 seasons. He was drafted second overall in the 0-1 draft by Ottawa. He played for Ottawa for most of his career, played for Dallas for three or four, then in Toronto to finish up. Spezza will be joining the Toronto front office, though. So he moves from the locker room to the press box. I think that's a really good thing for Spezza yeah. and for Toronto. I will say this. After being, I was listening to Toronto radio mm-hmm. uh, and that when this happened. How big of a deal do you, or how hard do you think it would be to go from the locker room where you're buddy buddy with everybody to the front office within one year? Because literally three days after they got eliminated, it felt like this move happened. So three days ago, you're in the locker room battling with these guys, and next thing you know, now you're kind of managing them. Oh, I mean, what's it like being traded to a team? Yeah, I, I would imagine the same it'd be position, fairly similar. Though. But. But like, are you still gonna be buddy buddy? Because like, when I like, for example, like when I went from playing to coaching, I had a three year gap or a two year gap mm-hmm. to where almost everyone that I knew on the team was kind of almost gone by then or going yeah or on their way out because it's high school right. Uh, but like for me, those first two years were weird because everyone still knew me as Evan, their goal, their varsity goalie. Mm-hmm. Now it's to the point where everyone's left, and now I'm Evan the coach. But yeah. like, I, like those first two years are kind of weird. Yeah. So I, I'm, I have a feeling Spets is going to go through the same thing, of where people might. It's going to be a learning curve for everyone. Yeah, because like, are you really going to want someone from management be like, "Hey, you want to come drink some beers with us?" It's like probably not, because if some stupid shit goes down, you know, Spets is going to be like, "Hey, Dubis, uh, you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin were doing some dumb stuff," and it's like, yeah. now he just becomes almost a title too. All right, <laughs> I. I don't know. That's going to be a weird thing. They got to figure it out. I'm sure it'll be fine, but who knows? It could. This could be end up being a thing where it's like, hey, this isn't quite working out, or it could be, hey, this is perfect. This is working great. And Toronto then gets past the first round. All right, so moving on with uh, some fines. Edmonton forward Zach Cassian has been fined 2.5K for unsportsmanlike conduct against Colorado defenseman Bo Byram. We're like, well, on one hand, it's Kane, so I obviously don't like it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's Condry. So yeah, it was, just like, it was like the two tough guys hurting each other. Yeah, and it was kind of like people were like, I don't know whether to be like mad about this or not because they don't like either player. Because it's no secret people don't like Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. And it's no secret people don't like Condry for various reasons. Yeah, well, they're polarizing players. Yeah. So it's it, it that was one of those things that was discussed a lot with people being like, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't think it's wrong, but I don't know if it's right. It's more either. of what side of the bridge are you on? Wh- which you, of the two are evils more, are you going to yeah, pick? Are you more okay with Evander Kane or are you more okay with Nazem Kadri? I'd say most people are more okay with Nazem Kadri, especially now because of the whole uh, St. Louis debacle. Yeah, the racist stuff. So I feel like more people are kind of on his side. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling that something was going to happen along the way mm-hmm. with either Kane or Cassian. <laughs> yeah. You know, with them. And it happens to be both. <laughs> yeah. Because Cassian got a fine. Kane got suspended a game. And it ended his season one game earlier. Well, it kind of depends. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it did. Because mm-hmm. they got swept. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, notable injuries, obviously, Nazem Kadri. Yeah. <laughs> Just talking about this, he's injured. He 
it, what's the timeline for him? Shouldn't he be back know, towards he, the end if so they he get... had surgery on his hand? So obviously a surgery means that they cut you open. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. But you know they've had, you know by by the time it's all done, next game is Wednesday. That's game one. That's eight days of rest. Plus you know Kadri had the two extra days because he didn't play game four. So I mean it's ten days. Like, could you really come back from surgery after ten days? I'm not sure so. how major the surgery was on his hand. They haven't ruled him out, and they haven't given a timeline. Obviously, they don't in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. I would, I would they don't think want if Kadri comes back, it'd probably be in like game four. I yeah, would but think. I mean, it just depends. Like, how big or how much did they cut into? What did they actually fix? You know, stuff like that. Was it, like, was was it, it like something a broken just... thumb or was it like a broken wrist or something? Yeah, That's a, that, we don't know. We don't know. So it's like, could, did they just put like a rod in it and they're just waiting for the, the cut to heal over? Or did they put some screws in it? Or are they just going in and fixing muscle? I, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, another injury that only affects the Stanley Cup playoffs is uh, Braden Point. He got injured way back in you know game seven around one, which we've already, already talked about when we, were, scared when we were all the way back there. But anyway, he has had. There's been rumors that he might come back for the finals. Mm-hmm. So, because he has been skating and he has been practicing with the team, he just hasn't taken warm ups slash played in a game. Yeah, that was another surprising thing is how well Tampa responded to Braden Point being out. Yeah, basically their best playoff performer besides Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. But uh, besides all that, there's there's been so far I think one notable trade. This is something that I was really surprised to hear, but it makes a lot of sense. And that uh, Dallas will be trading Ben Bishop's contract to the Buffalo Sabers for future considerations. This is probably one of the best things Buffalo could have right now. Because, gotta be honest, Buffalo doesn't have a lot going for them goaltender wise right now. Allmark's good. Well, Bishop's retired though. Yeah. Though I think all this is is just a cap dump for for Dallas. I, I, kept, I, I keep Buffalo, forgetting Ben Bishop's retired. That's I think why. I think Buffalo is just trying to get enough money to get to the cap floor because oh, yeah. they they've lost a lot of money with like Eichel and a mm-hmm. couple other guys. So I think they need money to get to the cap floor or get them to that you know number. Mm. Do you think they're trying to go for free agents or? I don't like I don't know who's gonna go there. Like Buffalo, like we've talked about, like me and Trevor talked about it last week. Like Buffalo gets a lot of like their main thing is. Like they they want like this this, this like homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. So like obviously when they created Eichel, they wanted Tuck back because yeah. he was from Buffalo. Like they're they're all over trying to get Kane there, Patrick Kane, because Patrick Kane's from the Buffalo area. But it's like you know Kane's not gonna leave Chicago, who is basically going through a rebuild to go to another team that's going to a rebuild, if Kane goes anywhere, because he's a legend in Chicago, if he goes anywhere, he's going to go to a team that is in win-now mode. So it's just kind of an awkward thing. I think I think Buffalo is going to have a hard time getting free agents, along with Arizona's at the bottom of that list, because they're playing at ASU. Mm-hmm. And who wants to play there? But uh, for some notable signings, uh, we've got St. Louis signs defenseman Callie Rosen for two years. Columbus Blue Jackets for Jack Roslovic. My bad. Uh, Signs for two years as well. I think that's a really good move for Columbus. Mm -hmm. Hometown boy. Just Mm -hmm. talked about it. Yep. Speaking of Columbus, still, they also re signed uh, Dean. I'm probably going to butcher this last name. Kukin. I was going to say Kukan. So that's actually, he signed for five. That's 
you're pretty, you're investing in that guy. Yeah, you're that's a guy that you want to have mm-hmm. on your team for a while. And he just got I think he just got out of his entry level or the one after. This might be his second or his third contract. But it's like still that's a lot of That's investment. Yeah, it's investment on someone that really hasn't been too vocal yet for his name yeah, a yeah. bunch. I don't know. Who so knows? He, they, he could they, be he they could know be something we don't years. apparently. Yeah. Uh, but Montreal signs defenseman Chris Weidman to a two-year deal. It's pretty good. And uh, Dallas forward Dennis Gurionov signed to a one-year deal. Kind of surprised Gurionov got one. It's only one. That's Yeah, that's I would have given him probably two or three. But he is kind of a little bit on the old. He's getting a little old-er. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he seems to be one of their depth pieces, uh, like a third, fourth liner. But, you know, he puts up numbers for the minutes that he plays, and I'm kind of surprised to only give him one year. Maybe, I don't know, once again, maybe there's something there that might be, could be an injury that's nagging him or something along those lines. Two weeks ago, scratch that, four weeks ago, we did, uh, no way. Four, yeah, it would be four <laughs> weeks ago. Four weeks ago, we did quick six, and now we have to go back and review them. Uh, Four weeks ago, we had all three of our uh, members here. So uh, I'm just going to run through all the answers and the questions from four weeks ago. And then we are going to jump into the new questions. Since it's only me and Drew this week, we're going to do three each. So it's actually quick six, not quick four. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the name suggests. Uh, So... We're going to start off with Dakotas from four weeks ago. Will Edmonton and Calgary have any players get suspended? Correct answer was no. The only winner was myself. I thought for sure someone was going to. I know. Well, you know, when it only goes five games. That's true. It wasn't <laughs> enough time. I thought it was pretty close with that uh, Lucic kind of hit on uh, Smith. I thought something was going to happen there. And surprised no one got suspended or anything from that. Question two. Or yeah, question two was: Will we see any game sevens in the second round of the playoffs? Correct answer: Yes, we all won that one. For my first one, it was: Will we see two or more Hatties? Uh, two more Hatties in the playoffs. The correct answer was yes. Winners: myself and Dakota. I want to. I want to talk about this one. I was so upset Hatties within glue. the first two games. Yeah. I was immediately. I'm like, I don't think it's gonna happen, and it immediately happens. Which happens, man? You gotta know these things. Dakota's second question, another Calgary-Edmonton one. Uh, does Edmonton and Calgary have a game go below four goals, like combined? The correct answer was no. They're all high-scoring games. Only winner was myself. Uh, second question for Drew and Trevor was, will the Battle of Florida have a team post a seven-goal game? The correct answer was no. Winners, Drew and Dakota. And my last one was, will Carolina sweep New York? Correct answer, no. Winners were all of us. So, for this week's, we're just going to do it in groups. So, Drew, if you want to do your first three, we'll answer those. And then I'll do my three okay. at the end. So, first first question uh, for me is, will Pat Maroon record a point in the first two games of the finals? I'm going to say Yes. Because it's just one point in that line that he's on. It's worth Every it. once in a while they throw in something. Mm-hmm. And normally it's off of a cycle because they're not really a rush line. So I think they could. It also depends on who's playing goalie. If it's Franzos, I think it's a probably for sure yes. If it's... Uh, Tampered. 
Yeah, I think it's probably 50-50. I'm gonna go with no. I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna happen. I feel like Colorado's got a bit too good of a defense to allow that. Mm-hmm. I so. agree with that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, will Tampa Bay let in less than seven goals in the first two games total? I'm gonna say they're gonna let in less because their goaltender is Vasilevsky. And you basically need him living four, one, and three, the other, to mm-hmm. get to that, or you know, four and four to break to get to eight. I, I see Colorado scoring a lot of goals this series, but then when I look at the other side being Vasilevsky, I'm like, ah, they might not. Yeah, with how shut down of a team Tampa is on defense, yeah. and like you saw it against the Rangers, you saw it against Florida. They give up, they give up nothing. They give up nothing. It's going to be hard, so I'm going to have to agree. It It's a really close one. And for me, it's a 50-50 call, but I, I don't think Colorado is going to be able to do it within yeah. the first two games. So we're both saying less than seven. Yeah. All right, last one. And for my final one, this is the big one. Will Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, and Steven Stamkos record a point in a single game within the first two games? I'm going to say no just because of the four people all having to score. So, And three of them are from one team. So McCarr, McKinnon, Lana Scott are all from Colorado. Stamkos is from Tampa Bay. That all could happen on literally two goals. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Like a power – like literally McCarr, McKinnon, and Lana Scott could happen on a power play at any time. Yeah. Uh, but it's just – it's basically a parlay. Of, you know, scoring mm-hmm. uh, or point, yeah. you know, lines. But I'm just going to say no because of just the four people in it. If it was like two or three, I might have a different answer. But since it's four people and it's three on one team, one on the other, I'm going to say no. I think I think it's going to happen because Stamkos has shown up time and time again for, for Tampa Bay. I mean, just look at last night's game. He got both goals, mm-hmm. the reason they won. Yep. And then... Uh, you know, obviously McCarr and McKinnon, they're a dynamic duo. For sure. And then of course Landeskog gets in there, but I think I think the real big question is not if Stamkos is gonna get a point, if Kel McCarr and Nathan McKinnon are gonna get a point, I think it's Landeskog that you gotta think mm-hmm. about is like the kind of risk there. Like I said, power play though, they're all in the power play. Yeah. There's only five guys out there. Mm-hmm. And if that has two assists, odds are one of them or both two of them will at least get it. Uh, so I think it's gonna happen. I could see it happening, I guess. It's just the four people for me. So for my first question, I have, will Nick Paul of the Tampa Bay Lightning record at least one goal in the first three games of the finals? I'm going to say no, because he has not been scoring that much. He's more of an assist guy. He's a passer, uh, except for that one game against Toronto. So I'm going to say no. I think he's going to get one goal, and what I think is going to happen is he's going to pass it to someone, and it's going to go off a defender skating in. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one of those kind of lucky bouncers. Yeah. All right. For my second one, I have, will Colorado win the first two home games? So we'll, basically what I'm saying is one game one and two, will Colorado take a 2-0 series lead? I'm going to say no, because I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty back-and-forth series. I think Colorado is going to win the first two games because I think it's going to I think it's gonna start off kind of like the Rangers series. Mm-hmm. Now, whether whether it goes exactly like the Rangers series or not, I don't think it's going to go like that. But I think Colorado winning the first two games at home ice, mm-hmm. I think is definitely more than feasible. 
I think like when I when I think about Colorado in the first two games, like Colorado's gonna have an eight day break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tampa's it. only is gonna have less than that, obviously. So will Colorado be there to play? I think it's more likely that Tampa Bay goes up two nothing than anything. I still think it's gonna be one one, leaving Colorado for the first time. Because that break is like that's what happened with Tampa Bay against the Rangers. Like the Rangers literally didn't have a break. They went from game seven straight into mm-hmm. the third round. And this is Colorado sitting just like last series with the Rangers. Tampa sat for, you know, five, six days because they swept. So another thing that I want to bring up, too, is thinking about this. What if what if Colorado sweeps in the playoffs? In or the in the final. My bad. Well, like, then it'd be a pretty boring final. It'd be a boring <laughs> final, but, like, it's got me thinking now. Like, okay, what... Has, has there ever been a Stanley Cup where the team has swept all the way through to win? No, no one's gone sixteen and zero. No one's ever gone sixteen and zero. Mm-mm. No. The only team, the only sport that's ever done that is football, where they've won every season game, and then they won all the playoff games. Mm-hmm. And that was, I'm pretty sure, the Miami Dolphins out of all the people. Okay. <laughs> All right, so my last question is, will either goaltender record a shutout in the finals? I'm going to say no just off of the two teams' offenses. Yeah, there's there's no way. There, I don't think there's going to be a shutout at all. It's, if they get a shutout, it's going to be a steal. It, it will literally be Vasilevsky taking away things that should be goals. Yeah. That's what you need sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have a question that's not on our notes, but... So Tampa Bay has won two Stanley Cups, and they've made it to a third. If they do not win, do you consider Tampa Bay a dynasty? Because I feel like if you do, you have to consider them a dynasty because they won three in a row. So if they go two, but they lose in the finals on the third, do you still consider Tampa Bay a dynasty? Because they have officially broken the record for most series wins in a row. Now, there have been teams that have won like you know four, four in a row, but... Back when that happened, there weren't four rounds. Mm-hmm. I think I think for sure you'd have to consider Tampa Bay, no matter what the outcome is, as a dynasty. This is a team that for, what, the past three years? Hasn't lost a playoff round. Uh, yeah, hasn't lost a playoff They've round. They've been close. But They've gotten close to it, but they haven't actually lost it. Plus, all the core guys are still there. Like, sure, you don't have some of that third, fourth-line scoring. Yeah. But That's the core happen, core team's still there. I would consider that a dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I would agree, I would agree with that. Uh, on top of that, you know, I just think that group of guys have figured out that they can win in any situation, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't really think anyone scares them because I they know that Vasilevsky's probably going to stop it. And Vasilevsky knows they're going to. Get not, in front of pucks yeah. and they're gonna block shots. Yeah, like, like it, it's ridiculous. Like like the games that they're winning, you know, by a good number, like two or three goals, they're they're still blocking they're, shots. They're superstars like Stamkos and all of them are still blocking shots. So you know they have the dedication to win and they know how to win. So I think that goes a long way. And I think that's a lot. I think that's the things that other teams have a hard time replicating is that total, absolute buy-in mm-hmm. to the team. Which not a lot of teams have anymore. No, you don't. I mean, wouldn't scare the puck. Yeah, you don't. You don't see people diving in front of pucks all the time anymore. Which, no. like, I get it. You know, you don't want to 
take one to the face because that's, you know, terrifying. That probably, probably hurt. <laughs> it hurt a lot. But, like, you know, constantly seeing, seeing your top guys still even doing that, that's it's incredible. The other thing I got to think about is Pat Maroon winning four cups in a row. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility this year. Like, if I'm an NHL team, I'm like, okay, I might as well put in a bid for him because this guy clearly knows how to win. But yeah, he knows I something. Mean, he, he, he goes where the winning is. I mean, he did it with St. Louis in 2019 and Tampa throughout the rest of them. Hmm. See, I wonder if he's trying to, to fill up his entire hand with rings. Well, he, well he's pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> if, he, if he wins another one, yeah. yeah. We'll have four. Well, then that would make him like his own dynasty, which I think he yeah, already the has. Pat Maroon dynasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. So we're going to move on to bet the board. Last week, instead of six games, we only had five because of how the schedule was laid out. And it was also only me and Trevor. So Trevor had three picks. I had two. I'm going to run through them real quick. And then we're going to go through this week's bet the board, which is going to be a little bit different based on, once again, the schedule. But before we get to that, I'm going to run through last week's uh, numbers. Actually, before we get to that, I forgot to update you guys on the quick six standings. So I'm going to run through that real quick. In first place is myself with 63 points. Second place is our co-host two duo of Drew and Trevor 21. Wow. That's like what you have like three times. 42 points behind. God. Uh, and then Tyler is in third place at 17, and in fourth place is Dakota at three. This is the Oh, my first, gosh. I just realized Dakota is in the positives. This is the first week since the day we started this that Dakota has been in the positives. He's literally been in the negatives the whole entire year. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, to celebrate this great, great occasion of Dakota being in the positives, he's not even here for it. <laughs> Thanks, Dakota. And I have a good news. We have good news. Next time we do this, he'll still be in the positives because he didn't. He's not going to be able to lose any. He can't lose any. He got the positive and said, "Fucking, I'm done." Okay, so now we're jumping. Actually, this might be our last bet the board. Thinking of it mathematically, so he actually might finish the year after being all negatives all year. He finally finishes. He finally the last three points. Yeah, with three (laughs) points above. Anyway, he hit one three. It's like I'm gone. Yeah, it's like golf when you're leading the whole entire tournament and the last day you just play like shit. He did the opposite. He played like shit the whole entire time, but the last day he played good. Okay, now we're jumping into bet the board. Last week's was Edmonton versus Colorado. Trevor had that. He said Colorado by three. It was actually Colorado by two. Points awarded was one. Trevor also had Tampa Bay versus New York. He said New York by two. It was New York by four in game one of that series, and he was given one point for that. Colorado and Edmonton game two was also Trevor. He said Colorado by one. It was actually Colorado by four, but he got a point for getting the right team. Uh, This one I had. I had Tampa Bay versus the Rangers. I said Tampa by two. It was actually Rangers by one. I got no points to that. And the last one, since we only had five, Last week, it was Colorado versus Edmonton. I had that. I said Colorado by three. It was actually Colorado by two, and I got one point for that. So now updating the standings for Bet the Board. In first place is myself with 44. In second place is Dakota with 34. In third place is Tyler with 33. And in fourth place is Drew and Trevor at 14. I think it's pretty safe to say no matter the outcome, I... I think we're going to end up in fourth place at the end of this I'd all. say so, because you guys came through halfway. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <clears throat> I'm, I'm impressed with Trevor's picks. 
Yeah. He, he made some great decisions. You guys have made points up. It's hard to get points. It's not hard to get points in this. They're just normally pretty small. Yeah. Like me, like, for example, we've been playing all year, and I only have 44. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, Dakota and Tyler have been playing all year, and they only have 33. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have almost half of that in half of our time. So you guys would actually probably be winning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, if you give us the time and just double our points, yeah. then we're at 28, and we're not that far off. Yeah. All right, so for this week, I said it was going to be a little bit different. Uh, since there's only one series on now, which is the Stanley Cup Final, we have all the final games except for Game 7. Uh, so we have one through six because we normally have six picks. Uh, obviously, this is going to take longer than one week, so this might be a two-week-long little uh, game here, but we just decided to do them all at the same time. So... Pretty self-explanatory. They're all, like I said, games one through six. Tampa Bay, Colorado, I'm not going to go through all of them. We get the gist. So, I will throw this out there. It could end in four, so if you pick games five or six, you're kind of... Yeah, those two are actually going to be the last to go. Yeah, those but. could be, you know, trouble. Game or pick number one will go to myself. I'm going to go to game four, and I'm going to say that's Colorado in Tampa Bay. I'm going to say Tampa Bay is going to win at home in game four by two goals. I'm going to probably say one of them will be an empty netter. Pick number two belongs to Drew. I'm going to grab uh, game two. Game two. And I think I'm going to have Colorado is going to win by three. Colorado by three. Pick number three is myself, and I'm going to pick game three with my with the third pick. I'm going to say Colorado by two for game three. So the first game in Tampa Bay, I think Colorado's going to win. For the fourth pick, it is Drew. Wow, back and forth. Yeah, here. well, you know I'm grabbing game one. Yeah, obviously. And I think Tampa Bay's going to win by one. Tampa Bay by one, so a close one. Do you think maybe an OT? You don't have to predict that, but I'm just saying. If I if I had to guess, it's going to be, it's going to be like kind of Ross Colton's three seconds left oh on the clock God. goal, or it is OT. All right. Well, the fifth pick is myself, so we're literally going back and forth. I obviously have to take Game Five because Game Six might not happen. Mm-hmm. Well, Game Five might not happen either. But Game Five is more likely than Game Six. Uh, I'm gonna say Colorado again. By one for my game five. So close game five. And for the last pick of the series and the last pick of this year goes to Drew. Wow, we literally went back. Literally, and forth. literally <laughs> half and half. Okay, well, I have to take game six. It's the yeah. only one. And I think Colorado would win by two. Well, Drew, if you were a betting man, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, but you said earlier you said Tampa was going to win the series in six. No, I said oh, Colorado. You said Colorado. And right yeah, that's what I meant. Looking. Yeah, that's what I meant. You said Colorado by six, and with our picks, Colorado would win in six. I'm I'm pretty confident that this yeah. this is going to be pretty close to how it's going to shake out. Yeah. So, just to break it down with you, in game one, Drew said Tampa by one. In game two, Drew said Colorado by three. Game three, I said Colorado and two. In game four, I said Tampa and two. In game five, I said Colorado and one. And in game six, Drew said Colorado in two. So that is four wins, Colorado. So I do want to address something because someone, someone listening to this is going to be like, wait a minute, didn't he say Colorado's going to win the first two games? And then he went and picked Tampa Bay. Yeah, you for sure picked one. Tampa Bay for the first one. Buy one, 
So the thing is, I really want Colorado to win the first two games. But you think Tampa Bay is going to win. But I think Tampa Bay would be able to squeeze out a game one. Mm-hmm. All righty. So that is our bet last bet the board because there's literally no other games on besides game seven if it happens. And if there were a game seven, I really don't want to bet on it. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're just enjoying it. But at the at the end of this <coughs> year, since we're we're kind of winding down, I do want to talk about uh, Tampa and Rangers game seven. Mm-hmm. Well, we we gotta get to it first. Yeah. Because <laughs> next up is the playoff matchups. So the last two weeks or last two episodes, I mean, we have talked about rounds one, round two, and now this episode is round three. We're gonna start off with Edmonton versus Colorado out in the West. Game one, Colorado Colorado won eight to six, a barn burner, just like Edmonton's last game one, where it was nine to six for uh you know in their first game one. McCarr scores one goal, has two assists, and Kemper leaves with an with an injury. Upper body. Uh people were talking about his eye possibly or a concussion from getting hit in the head, maybe, because he got took a, like three or four shots in a row, hit him in the face. Uh, game two also went to Colorado for nothing. Uh, Pavel Francouz, who replaced Kemper in game one, comes in for his first start of the playoffs and gets a shutout. Game three, Colorado 4-2. Comfer breaks the breaks the tie late in the third, and that's the game that Kadri got boarded by Kane, and he got injured, and he's out. Game four, Colorado won 5-2. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> No, no, it doesn't. The notes you have definitely do not make sense. Yeah, that does not make sense. The notes for anyone wondering <laughs> says OT McCarr, five points, like and scores okay. OT winner. Yeah, it was five or six to five. That is my mistake. Yeah, my five one. to two. Where I think I was hell? looking at the other game. Wait, what the fuck? So six to five in OT. I was like, I'm pretty sure it was higher scoring than just two goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, that one ended in OT. McCarr had five points. In that game, and Lackanen scores the OT winner to send Colorado off to the Stanley Cup final to play at that time. It was either Tampa or the New York Rangers. So Colorado sweeps 4 0. Lackanen scores back to back OT game winning goals to advance to the Stanley Cup final. So last year, he, st- he scored the OT winner uh, in the series clinching game for Montreal to send them to the finals against Vegas. And this year, he scores the OT winner against Edmonton for Colorado to send them to the Stanley Cup Finals. So we'll see how that goes. Back-to-back years, he's made it. Also, three years in a row, Corey Perry's made it. Corey Perry was on the Dallas Stars, lost to Tampa Bay. He was on the Montreal Canadiens, which lost to Tampa Bay. And now he's on Tampa Bay, Bay, who could win their third in a row or could lose to Colorado. So one of the know. one of the old Montreal players might get it, or someone will get it. It'll be, yeah. either be Perry or Lekin. And uh, I will say, I thought I didn't think the the Edmonton Colorado series would be this one sided. Not at all. Well, Mike Smith just had a horrible. Well, I mean, it's I mean, no <laughs> offense, it's Mike Smith. Yeah, I mean, a forty oh, oh he's thirty nine, a thirty nine year old goalie just I don't think can keep up with. Well, some of the goals he led in in the playoffs are like he always has. I'll, I've been saying this all year. He always has the one stinker, and it's normally at the worst time. <laughs> oh man, let me just take this like a hundred and thirty foot shot, and oh yeah. hey, look, it went in. That's ridiculous. It just, I don't know. Colorado clearly wanted to go there because they've been 
They've been stuck in that second round for so yep. long. And they finally got past that second round through St. Louis, which so far has been their toughest series considering the only that's time the only team the that have gotten games against them. Yeah. That forced other games against them. Mm-hmm. All right. The only, the only series we have left to talk about is Tampa Bay versus the New York Rangers. Game one went to New York 6-2. to two. Philip Heedle had two goals, and Rangers score four straight. That was the game that I was talking about earlier where Tampa had a you know a bigger break than the Rangers because the Rangers went from game seven straight to game one. Now the next series only a day later. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Rangers were still in desperation mode, and it just kind of blew up, and Tampa was not ready. Same thing kind of happened in game two except for the third period where Rangers were just kind of all over it. And uh, Rangers won that one three to two. Shesterkin had twenty nine saves and breaks Tampa Bay's streak of winning games after losing one. So Tampa was, I think, eighteen and zero after a loss in the playoffs in the last three they years. Were. And you know that was their first loss after a loss. So that breaks that tie. Game three was all New York Rangers at the beginning, and then Tampa Bay stormed back and scored three straight. And they won three to two. Palat scores with only forty-two seconds left in the game. So just like in the Florida series, Tampa literally steals a game at the last second. And the last like minute of the game. And in game four, also goes to Tampa Bay four to one. Palat again with one goal and two assists. Vassy had thirty-four saves. Game five was also Tampa Bay three to one. Palat go ahead goal with a minute and fifty left in the third. So Palat is literally the killer. He scored one with one fifty left in game five, and he scored one with forty two seconds left in game three. And in game six, which was last night, Tampa won two to one. Where Stamkos, the captain, had both goals. So Tampa wins the series four to two, and they will play in their third straight Stanley Cup final to uh, against Colorado. So they win four straight against the Rangers. Uh, series MVP for Colorado Edmonton. It could be anybody losing or winning. I think I think this is an easy one for me. Cal McCarr. I mean, when you get a five point game, mm-hmm. and you're you're getting multiple point games through <clears> the playoffs, <throat> you're good, and you know you're good. And there's there's just no doubt in my mind that he was clearly the best player on the ice. Uh, for me to say somebody different, because I was going to say Kale McCarr, too. I'm going to say Francois. He came in. Played big. And yeah, and played big and won, you know, got the shutout on the, well, he won the first game, and then he, you know, got a shutout his first technical start, and then he, you know, basically handled the series pretty well after that, other than the OT game, but they still won. Uh, series MVP for Tampa New York Rangers. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Uh, I think Andre Palat. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, whose name do we see all up and down this series? <laughs> yeah, so we, like we said, he scored game three to get their first win, uh, 42 seconds left. You know, game four had a goal and two assists on in only a four-goal night. So he only he didn't do something one time. Mm-hmm. And then he had the go-ahead goal with a minute 50 left. So who do you think, series MVP, if it can't be Palat, who is it? If it can't be Palat, then I think I... It's between two people. It's between Vasilevsky because he showed up big, or it's Heedle because Heedle was pretty much mm-hmm. the only offense I saw. I on the would team throw Shesterkin in there too. I, even though the scores are kind of lopsided in some of the games, mm-hmm. it was a goalie battle. It really was. So honestly, if you said goalies, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that if you said that, that. I mean, that's two people. But if you said goalies were the MVP, I'd be okay with that. Philip Hill, I think, had a good one. Steven Stamkos basically won them the game in Game Six. Yeah. Uh, so any of those, I think, would be okay to say. Out of those four, if I have to pick, I have to go with Vasilevsky though. Alrighty. So Vasilevsky, Palat, Makar, and Pavel Francouz are our Which, picks. by the way, all our picks are in the finals. Yeah. So speaking of the finals, we've you know we've been talking about it for the last thirty minutes probably. That's uh, Tampa Bay versus Colorado. Tampa Bay is on a three days rest by the time it gets to Wednesday because that's when Game One is, and Colorado will have an eight days rest. Like I just mentioned, Game One is on Wednesday, June fifteenth. Two days later will be Game Two. So that's kind of odd. Normally the NHL doesn't do two day breaks. Wait, 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 wait. I'm looking at something here. Two two day break. Wouldn't that then be not Saturday, but Friday. Because on the notes you have it as Saturday. Well, Drew. Sorry, I just like poking holes that's in your why, notes. That's why we guess, uh, we pop on to the NHL app. And uh, figure it out because it, it might be a three day break, actually. Instead of I two. think it is, actually. Because if it's two days, then it's on Friday. Yeah, it is on Saturday. It's Saturday at 7 o'clock. So that's our a three day break. Yeah, so it's actually a three day break. Yeah, so game one. I'm just going to read it off the NHL app now. <laughs> game one's on Wednesday, June 15th. And then three days later, it is game two on Saturday, June 18th. And game three is two days after that, Monday the 20th. Game four is the 22nd. Game five is the 24th. Game six is the 26th. And game seven is the 28th. Obviously, five, six, and seven are if necessary. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was trying to make my point earlier if I had my facts right. Normally, the NHL only does one-day gaps. Now, That's really for odd. some reason, we have, like, it's almost to the point, there's obviously a concert or something being held yeah. in Colorado that night. It's almost to the point of just wait until Saturday to start. Yeah. Which would give them tons of rest. Or but why not wait till Friday? Or, or no, wait, Friday clearly Friday's the Friday's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, just wait till Saturday. Or just start. offset it and have it Thursday, Yeah, Saturday. Thursday, Saturday, Saturday, and then, of course, Monday, and then it still works out, but... Well, I don't know. We don't know what's happening. Well, it could be another content Thursday. We don't know. Or maybe it takes longer to take down than it did to put up. That's true. Well, any last final thoughts? You said Colorado in six. I'm going to say Tampa in seven. Okay. Just to be different. Just to be different, know. just to have fun. I do, I do want to make a note of how Tampa seems to respond. Mm-hmm. Always, like it is, if not within the minute, an immediate response from Tampa when something happens. Oh, it's always a dominant shift, right? Ever. Yeah. Like for example, Game Six last night, uh, Frank Vitrano, an absolute beautiful goal right off the draw, mm-hmm. and then immediately Stamkos is like. Fuck that! We're winning this game. Mm-hmm. And he scores again. And yeah, he scores again. Like it, I don't know what it is that Tampa has that other teams don't, but they, I don't know what they figured out. But they have that winning formula. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think if you're Colorado, you have to at the very beginning of the series set the tone that you're here to win the cup and that you are not going to give them an inch of space. Because if you don't do that then I think Tampa's going to walk away with a game that they otherwise shouldn't have walked away with. 
Yeah, I wouldn't do that with them. <laughs> Just yeah. give them a free game because they know how to win. Mm-hmm. And Colorado, you know, looks like they know how to win, only losing two games uh, this playoffs. But, you know, when the stakes are high, you have people that have done it, you know, on the one side and people who haven't done the other. So I think the favorite is probably going to be Tampa Bay. But like they've been saying almost all year on all playoffs, Tampa Bay at some point has to run out of gas because they've played so many more games than everybody else in the last couple of years. Will it happen within the next, you know, three, four days? We don't know. Uh, I think Tampa Bay has a slight advantage in games played being meaning that, you know, because Colorado has an eight-day break, which is a week and a day, which I think can kind of hurt you. That's the – like, every single time I'm watching, I want my team to sweep because I don't want to have any stress, Mm -hmm. you know, on me. But then I don't want them to sweep because – Because it's not fun hockey. That's not fun. It's just not really fun watching someone dominate somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that is normally that team that sweeps has a hard time in the in the next round. I was gonna say historically, whenever a team sweeps, they it doesn't go. It's well. actually you know what's happened actually a lot though. A team sweeps, and then the next round they get swept. Yeah, that actually happens a lot. Not mm-hmm. as much as like that team moving on, but like mm-hmm. surprisingly, not really surprisingly because I. I'm not surprised by it. But uh, that team gets swept the next round. Yeah. Or at least gets, like, dominated. Like, they'll lose in five. Either or, way, I think the Stanley Cup Finals is going to be some fun hockey to watch. Yeah. I think it'll be a good series, even though there's some people out there in our Discord that don't think it will be. Some people are saying, man, I'm not even going to watch I'm this. I'm not even going to watch it. And you know who you are, and I know you're listening. I think I think it's Stephen that you're not going to watch it because it's the Stanley Cup. you got to watch at least, like, one game. Yeah, at least you got to see the Stanley Cup. At least game. you got to watch Game Four at minimum. Well, you got to watch the game that they win. Yeah, like that's me in the in the NBA Finals. I'm not gonna watch the game until I know it's two minutes left. Someone's gonna and win. Someone's this. gonna win it because it's like either a blowout or so, mm-hmm. or it's a close game, or it's Game Seven. I'll watch. I'll watch the full game of Game Seven if the NBA makes it to Game Seven. Now, that's aside about from it. from what you think is gonna happen, who do you want to win the cup? Well. The Colorado Avalanche knocked out my Blues, so I kind of don't want them to win. And I know Colorado is going to be going through some changes in the offseason because of money. they got to pay some big people some big money. So it's not going to be the same team. They're still gonna be, I still think they're going to be a dominant team, but not to the caliber they are now. So I think Colorado's kind of not. I'm, I'm going to shy off of saying like win now mode like or cup or bust. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like that's how it is. Uh, Tampa, I don't like seeing people win after consecutive years. So, like, Pittsburgh, I don't want them to win another one anytime soon because I guess won two in a row, you know, a, you know, a couple years ago. Tampa's just won two, so I really don't want to see Tampa winning because to me that, that starts getting a little boring when the same team wins, and that goes for any sport. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even if they don't win every year but they're winning – relatively close. So kind of like how Chicago did. Yeah, so for example, Chicago and L.A. just decided to go back and forth like me and Drew did on Bet the Board today mm-hmm. for a couple of years there. Like, to me, that's boring. Yeah. Because it's just the same team. I when Golden State was winning championships. Like, that's boring because it's the same team winning. Yeah. So if I had to pick, I'd probably prefer Tampa to win, but I'm not really rooting for anybody. I'm just trying to watch a good series. Like, if it goes seven, I'd be happy. 
or six. If it, if it's anything less than six, I'm not gonna. You know, it's not really. Yeah, it's not much. That entertaining. But we did talk about our Discord, and if you're not in the Discord, join I join it. Yeah, <laughs> I would join it because it's actually just one big hockey group chat. We got stickers in there. It's actually my favorite part. Or it's emojis. Really cool. I like the emojis. Me and some other people set this whole entire thing up. The emojis are my favorite part. You can type in the abbreviation of any NHL of team the NHL want. team, and the thing pops up. We also have the ASU Coyotes on there, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is the ASU beautiful. Yeah. We also have some players on there. We have all the logos. We have the NHL logos, some Fanville stuff on there. A lot, so if you have, a lot of if fun you, hockey yeah, talk, If too. you've not joined that, we have all types of uh, – Drew, you probably know the actual term of this, but I'm going to call them categories. Actually, that's what they're called. They're called okay. categories. So we have, like, bench talk, which is, like, a general chat. So, like, the the, the stuff that you talk about on a bench Right. Like, like, oh, hey, did you see this? Yeah, here's this cool clip of Austin Matthews doing mm-hmm. this or Braden Point skating or stuff like that. And then we have – you know, all these other categories along the lines of, like, polls that you can, like, vote this or this or, you know, whatever. And then we have, like, gaming stuff on there for, like, Shell or just other gaming stuff in general. Uh, we have a, my favorite thing that we have we really haven't used yet, but I like the name of it, Chirp Chamber. You can no. go on there and yell at people if you want to. Uh, that's that's more of like man fuck this team I'm no yeah, longer a fan yeah. get that shit out of here yeah just stuff like that that's all on our discord and to find that if you go to our Instagram there's a link in there that takes you directly to it and you can join it from there anyone's able to join also if you have discord it is a public channel that you can find just by searching for it yeah, yeah it's pretty easy but anyway with that being said we hope you enjoy episode hold 55 up. oh hold up Drew has more to add yeah, you didn't. You didn't ask me who I want to win the cup. Because uh, I asked you who I want. I don't think I got yeah, a solid answer. I only asked you who you think was going to win. Yeah, so not who, who do you I want, want to win. So if you say Colorado in six, this whole entire thing is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> I do. I do want Colorado to win, but only in seven. <laughs> only because, like, like you've mentioned, you're a Blues fan. I'm also a Blues fan. I would rather have the team that I like the most lose to the Stanley Cup winner yeah. than to the team who gets there and just gets their ass beat. And honestly, I'm probably, sick of, I'm sick of by winning. the time this is done, done, we can literally say, yeah, the Blues are the only team to beat the Stanley Cup champions. If that happens, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Because we actually almost beat them because we lost one game in OT. Mm-hmm. Didn't so, we lose two? No, we did lose one. Yeah. yeah the other one we won. So yeah. like it would have been if we would have won that first game, we would have been had three. Yeah, we were one goal away from having three. It was that. I, I mean, so far, the way it's looked, St. Louis has been the toughest team for Colorado to handle. I and think, to find I think out. they would say that too, because Nashville, Nashville. Now, half half of Nashville's problem was no Soros, and they yeah. played totally different with Sor- like like Tampa Bay would play totally different without Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. If Brian Elliott's out there kicking around. They they play a whole different style. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually lose a lot with Elliot, and it's not that Elliot's bad. It's just the team plays totally different. They don't they're not as offensively driven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Blues gave them some struggles with and without Bennington, even though Huso did not play to what uh, he had his been. caliber. I think Bennington could have made that series go longer. I still think Colorado would have won, but I think Bennington could have got the series drug out a little bit longer. Or he could have clinched it. He could have stole a game. <clears throat> he could have. He has. But he, yeah, he we'll never play. know. 
And then Edmonton, I think, was probably their biggest challenge offensively. Yeah. Like, but like, they also had no issue but matching the, that. Yeah, they also pace. did not have any problem scoring goals because Mike Smith's the goalie, and then Koskinen was the backup. So, anyway. Yeah. Do you think Edmonton's in the market for a goalie after this season? Yes, I think. I think they're in the market for our goalie. To be honest with you, I think they're going to go after Huso. That makes sense. Any, well, we're going to leave it there. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about all that off-season stuff during the off-season ones. So basically what it sounds like is we have one episode left yeah, of this season, which is going to be a Stanley Cup final final. And I'm not really sure if he's a special guest because he's supposed to be here. But we for sure know that I will be here, and we for sure know that our good friend from a long time ago, Tyler Brooks, will be here. Hey. It's going to be good to so hear from him again. We don't know who's going to else is going to be here between the trio of Drew, Trevor, and Dakota. I would like to be Someone here, will not be here because we only have four microphones. I would love to be here for that one. But so we maybe could have heard Trevor last time an episode ago. We could have maybe heard D- Dakota two episodes ago. Wait, isn't, isn't Trevor gone for the next three weeks, though? That is true. Trevor's gone. We've never seen him again. Shit. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor, no. Yeah, he has he has coaching clinics. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. so Trevor is for sure a so, no show. So last episode was your last Trevor. Yeah. Uh, for this ep- for this for this season. Season. Yeah. Uh, so Dakota could be. It could be all four of us. He could then. be bouncing around. Tyler will for sure be here. I will for sure be here. Drew, we'll have to talk to you later about your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you'll be here. I'll make it work. Yeah. You well, actually, it depends on what day. It's the last season. Well, it's on Sunday. Everyone. Well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> numerically, what day? Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it'll be fun. We are going to get out of here. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 55 of the Fanville Hockey Podcast. Make sure you guys don't forget about our Fanville store and our Discord. And our Discord. Join the Discord. Did we mention the Discord? Instagram bio. It's pretty easy. You go on Instagram, you type in Fanville Podcast. Boom, easy. And on behalf of Drew and myself, we're out of here. We're going to see you guys next Tuesday. Hope you guys enjoy your week, and happy Stanley Cup Finals. You've been listening to the Fanville Hockey Podcast, your one-stop source for everything NHL. You can follow the show on Instagram at Fanville Podcast. If you'd like to rep the Ville, go to shopfanville.myspreadshop.com or hit the link in our Instagram bio.